Blog Talk Radio. I have returned to the land of the living. I am the number you dialed is not a working number. I am Please take the number and dial again. I am a El número que marcó no está en servicio. becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsor, IVP Videos. www.ivpvideos.com. $299 single disc, $599 double disc. They have all the Puro, Lucha, Indie Sleaze, uh, Best Ofs, Classics, whatnot that you're looking for. www.ivpvideos.com. Tell them KZ from Rubber Guard Radio sent you. Hey guys, welcome to the December 4th edition of Rubber Guard Radio. On the line is my guest host for the evening, Mr. Alex Saint. What's going on, brother? What's going on? Just coming back from training. Tremendous. Tremendous. How's the traffic down there? Uh, it's not too bad. It's clearing up. I'm finally in San Diego, so I should be home in like 30 minutes. Oh, cool. Uh, looks like we have Acid probably on the line here. Caller, who am I speaking with? It's Acid, baby. How you doing, brother? Welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. Going on, man. Just chilling like a mad villain. I'm on the other <laughs> line with uh, my tag team partner, Alex Saint from San Diego. What's going, What's going on, on, brother? How you doing, bro? Doing all right. Coming back from training, man. You know how it is. <laughs> How's the weather out there? Up here in Cali, it's really cold, and or in Northern Cali, it, it looks like it's raining. So. Oh, don't worry. We're getting about we're getting about five inches today. So. <laughs> Snow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Alex went to uh, the dojo and worked out with T.J. Perkins today, and uh, really, he's hating it. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry to break kayfabe on you, Alex, but oh man, I, 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 I took a vacation. I went home and saw my family and stayed out of the ring for like a month. And then I'm going back, and then I'm gonna try to train every day this week. And my body should save me now. <laughs> well, those are. That's called paying your dues. Yeah, yeah. So. I find out everything. Uh, I pay my dues in a lot of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> set up the rings. Set up the chairs. Sell the tickets. Set up the chairs. <laughs> well, that's that's I'm, what I'm, you got to do, man. <laughs> that's so, all part uh, of the business. So after I got molested by a, a homosexual wrestler at a lucha show on Sunday. I was oh, told out for paying my dues too. We won't go too deep into that. <laughs> 
You know, it was being the new guy back there. They all had a Rivian stuff, so. <laughs> welcome to the business. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the business. <laughs> so, um, you're out in Chicago area there, Acid? Yeah, that I am. Um, yeah, I'm like on the south side. I'm probably about maybe, uh, probably about 30 minutes south of Chicago. I live in a town called New Lenox. Oh, cool. I don't think anybody actually lives in Chicago. I think everybody just works there. Yeah, it, we're just like we, we all surround it. I mean, we, everybody everybody says they're from Chicago, but it, no one actually lives in Chicago. So <laughs> we're all like we're all we all surround it. So it's literally a hop, skip, and a jump from us. So cool. So uh, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I ain't gonna do anything actually. Wow. I'm probably gonna <laughs> relax. Um, no, you know what? Um, we run training and stuff, so we have school on Saturday. So we do a training session on Saturday, and then this weekend just take it easy. Um, and then just prepare for, uh, we got a show coming up in January, on January 5th. So we're just getting ready for that, and pretty much that's it, just taking it easy. I got a pregnant wife right now, and we're expecting, so that's another thing we're waiting on. So. Oh, congratulations. Thank congratulations, you, thank brother. you. Well, did did you cheat and find out? Is it going to be Acid Jr.? No, it, it's a girl. <laughs> okay, well, there's always <laughs> Shimmer, no problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you know what's going to happen? I really wanted a boy, you know, so what's going to end up happening is I'm going to have a girl, and then she's going to be like the tomboyish type girl, and then I'm going to finally have a son, and then he's going to want to do, like, gymnastics and stuff like that. He ain't even going to want to wrestle, so. Gymnastics isn't bad. I mean, it's, it's worked for M-Dog 20, so, you know, it's not that bad of a thing. I mean, no. unless you're Brian Alvarez, then it's a little fruity, but. <laughs> Sorry, boss, I had to get that in. <laughs> so you work with um you work with Vito, Sal, Brandon with Elite? Yeah. Cool. I'm uh I'm one of the owners of Elite. There's uh there's actually two owners. It's uh me and I have a partner named Jay Jensen. And um Vito Vito does the um Vito and Ben Jordan actually do the booking for our company. So uh, and they're doing a stellar job. They're bringing in everybody, so um we're just having a real good time with everything. All right, well, I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot. When are you bringing in Michael Modest? <laughs> hey, I'd love to bring in Modest. You know, it's everything is, you know, you'll never know what'll happen, you know, we, we, you know, things started off last year a little rough and then the draws weren't too good, but um when Vito and Ben took over the booking and stuff like that, they actually brought up the draws. And um we just want to kind of get like a steady steady base where we know the money's coming in and then, you know, once that happens, then, you know, we'll you know, to bring him in. Yeah, I'm a big mark for him, so oh, <laughs> I love him, to bring him in. Well, you you worked uh, the MCW stuff with him and Donovan back in the day, didn't you? Right, right. Yeah, that's that's actually where I met those guys. Um, through Brian Zenner, um, he he started bringing in um, a lot of the East Coast guys. Like he brought in he brought in Tony. Uh, what was his name? The shooter, Tony Jones, or yep, yeah, Tony. Yeah, he brought he brought him in and. He used to bring a lot of East Coast guys, and he brought in Modest and Morgan and all those guys. And uh, yeah, they they turned out to be uh, two of the nicest guys I've ever met. Man, they just they're real helpful with everything, you know, showing you a lot of different things. And um, I got to actually uh, Vito actually got me a shot to go out to Iron to wrestle, and I, we did like a I think it was like a weekend thing. I think we wrestled on like Friday and Saturday out there, and both those guys were real good, to, you know, real good to me when I came out there and. So I have no problem returning the favor and bring Modest in. So yeah, I, I, there there aren't two better guys in the business. Um, no, even, you know, 
even you know from a Mark standpoint, they are awesome. And they are. I'll tell you honestly, I will put. Okay, this you, Alex. I would put Michael Modest in a direct heel competition with Larry Sweeney. He's that good. Yeah. <laughs> Now, come on, man. Sweeney Sweeney is pretty good, man. Yeah, Sweeney's pretty good now. You're in a soft spot there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I love Sweeney as well, but I have never seen anybody get the heat that Mike did. Yeah, Mike Mike did always get good heat. (laughs) It's just, I don't know what it is either. He's he's really nothing special looking. He's an exceptional in-ring worker. Exceptional. Right. Just somehow, some way, he plays the role as an asshole. <laughs> but he does it well. But enough of me, enough of me, enough of me. You know what, so, like, um, they're just, they're, they're, they're very, you know, Donovan and are just real two, ta- two talented individuals. And you know what, I mean, you, you look at, like, Sal and you look at Vito and, you know, you see the training that they went through and you can see how it rubbed off on them. And, you know, not only not only are Donovan and Modest two, you know, exceptional wrestlers, like, they're students their school are, are also exceptional. So I mean, I mean, you, you can't say enough about them. I mean, they are they are very talented guys, and all their students are real talented too. So I mean, you got to give them a thumbs up for that. So, so you say you have a show on the fifth of January. The fifth of January, uh, we have one. Who do you have booked? You know what? I'm not 100 percent positive. I don't have the booking sheet in front of me. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're going to fit yeah. right in on a show that has no format. So. Yeah, you know what? Like, we, uh, I know, like, uh, we have, you know, our champion will be their dysfunction. Um, me and my partner, Sin, with the tag team champions, will be on the card. Um, my partner, Jay Jensen, he'll be in there, too. Um, the Tomasellis will be wrestling. Um, usually, you know what? Our cards are really stacked, and we usually put them out. Usually, about maybe like two and a half weeks, we'll have a pretty decent lineup, you know. Um, set up on the website and everything of, of what's going down. Um, but they, I mean, we always put on an exceptional show. I think our whole roster is, these guys, they, they work their, their asses off out there, and they always put on a real good show. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. We took, we took December off, you know, because Christmas time and everything, you know, usually the draws are really down. and um, But we're going to come back hitting hard in January. So I like this. This is really good. That kid can go. Who's that? Either uh, Dysfunction. Oh, yeah. Either, man. <laughs> he can do the hardcore. He can do the stronger style, the flying. The kid can do everything. He's really, really good. Yeah, and he's solid, man. I mean, he is a solid worker. Actually, I want to say like two weeks ago, he actually runs his own company in Wisconsin. And I went down and I did a show for him in Wisconsin. And I actually wrestled uh, Jason Dukes. And... um I mean, he he puts on a phenomenal show. I mean, he had a lot of. He actually had a stacked card. I mean, Austin Aries was on the card, and um, was that ICW? Yeah, ICW, right? And uh, you know, he has a nice little draw. I mean, it was a nice little building. It probably holds maybe a hundred people or something like that. He had the place pretty much packed, and um, yeah, I mean, he he puts on a real good show. Puts on a real real good show. I had a lot of fun when I went down there, and I liked wrestling Dukes. That was the first time I got to wrestle him, and I had a great time. Dukes so, is pretty good. I like Dukes, he, too. You know what? And you look at him, and you wouldn't think that this guy is something. You know, I mean, like, he doesn't hes not—he doesn't have the look of a wrestler, like, as far as, like, the body-wise and stuff like that. But the kid can go, man. He's athletic, and, I mean, he gets to where he needs to be, and he's good, man. I was, I was really impressed by him. 
yeah, we're we're trying to get Jason on as well as Dysfunction, but we're trying to get the schedules to, you know, mesh because I for one I want I love Dysfunction in the ring and and Jason just seems like he could be a breakout star for right. for 08 if he gets booked in the proper spots and um, well he's holding like, he's holding the title now the uh, like their X division title right yeah out by us I think he's the NWA X division champion or something. The NWA Midwest, if I'm Midwest, right. right. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> hey, I'm, you, you know more about it than I do. <laughs> Actually, I watch, you know what, I watch more, I watch more MMA stuff than I do uh, the indie stuff, man, in everything. I watch more of the MMA stuff. I'm a huge mark for that, so. All right, well, here we go. Iceman, <laughs> Iceman or Silva? Oh, you know, Silva's going to take that. You think so? I don't oh, think of course. So. I don't think he can he can he can fight properly without the Brazilian supplements. Uh, yeah, you know I I agree too, but I still think you know I, he's got the clinch, and I think if he can get I think if he can grab him, I think he'll put them knees to him. The real I mean, question is who's going to win the St. Pierre Hughes fight with Pierre coming in with three weeks of training? That's the big question mark. Yeah, no shit. You know what? It's so hard to you know to, to you know what? It's so hard to judge these fights anymore. It's like. Sometimes I That's think they're all worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> I mean like, who is this Gonzaga, and how can he beat Krokop? How is how is that possible? You know, this Krokop's an individual that's built up, and he's he's gone in there and, and he has destroyed everybody. I mean, he went in there and fought Fedor, and had a great fight against Fedor, and then here he goes in there against this guy Gonzaga that's no one even heard of, and then he gets laid out at the end of the first. I mean, <laughs> I mean. I, there's got to be. There's got to be a work, man. It has to be. Well, I think that's a major argument for it not being a work because if it was a work, I think Krokop would have won that fight. I think Jason <laughs> yeah. was probably pretty upset after Krokop lost. You, you you can't book the shit any better. You can't. <laughs> you, know, you can't write the shit any better. No, you can't. Because I mean, who thought that? Who thought that Matt Sarah was going to beat? You know, was going to beat? Uh, you know, Saint Pierre. Yeah, I mean, no one. I mean, I, I I never saw that coming. You know, I saw I saw Randy Couture killing Tim Sylvia. I seen that coming. So I mean, I didn't see him killing Gonzaga. Though I'll say that. You know what? Like I I saw him. I saw him. I saw if he, if he went in there and fought like Tim Sylvia. If I, I knew if he went in there and fought him like that, I knew that he would beat him. Because, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I've never even heard of this Gonzaga. I mean, I've seen video and stuff on him, but I never thought he was that great. I didn't think he was that great. He wasn't so. deserving of a shot, I tell you that much. No, he wasn't. And it, it, and that was the thing, man. They were, like, spoon-feeding. I mean, honestly, their ranking system's terrible in the UFC. If you honestly <laughs> think about it, Tim Sylvia should have been fighting Krokop. That should have been the yeah. number one contender's fight. I mean, I don't know. I'm not booking it over there, so what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Are you watching uh, Chris Ordetsky kid from uh, IFL? He's good. You know, what? I, you know what? I actually got a buddy that actually fights in the IFL that lives out here. His name's Mark oh. Miller, and he, and he fights for the uh, uh, the uh, Red Bears. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, he actually, he actually, his last fight, he actually had to get wrist surgery, and he actually just fought. I want to say maybe three, four months ago, and he beat Josh Neer, he knocked him out in the first round in like fifty-seven seconds. Oh wow! Yeah, that's so, the on his belt. Yeah, so we were all like thinking, like, man, this guy's gonna, you know, we all thought they'd get a contract, and he, he ended up didn't he? Had a, he resigned with the IFL again for another year. Or so, and then oh. we got another guy that they're putting over real big that Clay, that Clay Guida. He's he lives. Yeah, that's you know, my he's a, boy. He's a, 
he's the next town over from us, and he actually trains at uh, the same place as my other buddy does. So yeah, I, oh, I saw wow. Clay. I saw Clay on the first strike show or strike force show out here in San Jose against okay. uh, Josh Thompson. Okay. And, oh my God, he tore it down, and I told my wife right there, "Watch this kid." Watch yeah. this guy. I mean, since then, he's just tore it up. Every fight, uh, the next fight he had Gilbert Melendez, who's arguably top five lightweight in the world. Right, And right. he went with him fought for five solid. And, you know, the Tyson Griffin fight, this this one this weekend, possible fight of the year. Right. I mean, uh, Roger Horta. Those little dudes, well, man, they fucking go. Well, I'm telling you, man, this kid, did that clay, that, he can take a fucking ass beating. Yeah, I mean, like, he can take a beating, and, and he just keeps going and going and going, and it's like, I mean, you know, because I, I was bullshitting with my buddy on I was sitting there, I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, who's this Clay Guida? I'm like, no, they were, you know, because he was getting fights in UFC earlier, and they, they weren't televising his shit, and he's like, oh, you know, he trains out of my camp, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's okay, you know, and, you know, just, just watch him, you know, he might surprise you, and then all of a sudden, like, bam, they start, like, Putting them over huge on, you know, the UFC. And then I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to start watching this guy. And then, I mean, it really surprised me. I mean, I didn't I didn't think anybody was coming out of, you know, out of the Midwest like that. Man, he came out flying, man. I'm like, God, they're really putting a lot of emphasis on this guy. They really like him. And then then after I seen him taking beatings and then coming back, and I'm like, man, this, this kid's going to be something, man. So, you know, good for those guys, man. It's amazing going to be out high, UFC. It's amazing, it's amazing me how hot UFC got without real competition. Like, IFL and the other promotions aren't really at the level of UFC. I wish Vince McMahon was able to get wrestling hot by himself because we'd all be making a lot more money, but... Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we <all> would. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, it's it's good, man. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm just... I'm a huge mark for the, for the, the MMA stuff, and it's good to see that, you know, it's good to see that some sort of, you know, entertainment's on top right now. So, I mean, like, what, you know, wrestling was big, what, had its high point, what, was it 10 years ago, and now UFC's coming around. So, hopefully yeah. in another 10 years, maybe wrestling will come back again, you know. <laughs> you never know. I wonder how many uh, prospective wrestlers we're losing right now, though, to MMA. Because MMA right. gyms are like the, a lot of the college kids. right now. A lot, right. Of, a lot of the college kids, they're, they're not signing the Shelton Benjamins or the Brock Lesnar's anymore. They're going right to right. MMA. Right. Well, look at Lesnar. What he he fights? What James? What, I think he fights in February. He's fighting Mirror or yes. something like that. Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, he's fighting right Mirror. Yeah. So. I'm gonna be in Vegas that fucking weekend, but I can't hit the show. I'm gonna be there for my cousin's wedding. <laughs> but I'm gonna find a sports bar. I'll tell you that. But oh, definitely. Well, actually, I think that fight's gonna be on Spike, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is on Spike. You know what? I think it's gonna be an interesting fight. I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge Mirror. You know. Mark, but I mean, like, you know, I think, like, with Lesnar, I don't know if he's training at the right camp, though. I don't think he should be, because he's been training at that militage, and, dude, I think that guy needs a boxing game. Because, you know, I think if he, if he like, relaxed and laid off the wrestling, because the guy, he doesn't need to wrestle. I mean, he's a collegiate wrestler. I mean, the guy's phenomenal on the ground. He needs someone to teach him strikes. And I just don't think that, I think, I think the, the militage camp's more of, you know, the ground-and-pound type style. And I don't think he needs it. I think he needs, like, you know, a Muay Thai instructor or, like, a boxing instructor or something like that. I just don't How know. How about if Greg Jackson out in Albuquerque? What's that? How about Greg Jackson out in Albuquerque with uh, yeah. Rashad and, I mean, right. look what they did to Rashad. So, right. 
or, or, go, or, or, or go to Rampage's camp. I mean, look what they did with him. I mean, he yeah. got that new box. I mean, like, dude, Rampage's like boxing skill is like, like awesome. Though. I mean, he got he's got a new you know a new coach and new instructors. I mean, his boxing game is really stepped up, man. Have you been watching this season, of Ultimate Fighter? And then, or is Mac Danzig and uh, Tommy not looking scary? Well, I, I didn't hear you. You said, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. What was it? Okay, I'm sorry. Have you been watching this season of Ultimate Fighter? A little bit, a little bit. Matt Matty Danzig Arroyo's and, gonna and win. Tommy coming off that show are just looking scary right now. Oh, Tommy yeah, yeah. Tommy was in a straight arm bar and was able to break out. That was the first ever time I've ever seen that happen. Oh, I did Arms, see that Arms fight. I did that. that man, he had, he had him stretched, man. He had him really stretched, and he still got out of it. That's good, I, man. I was sitting on the couch tapping out for him. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, like, who, who are you picking? Who, who are you picking in this Hughes fight? The fans. <laughs> We're going to be... The I don't know if St. Well, I'm sorry? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I don't know if St. Pierre can come in, because Hughes has been training steadily, and uh, Pierre's just going to have three weeks of training. I mean... These yeah, guys are all exceptional athletes, but I don't, I don't know. GSP doesn't stop training, though, Alex. What's GSP that? doesn't stop. Yeah, GSP doesn't stop, but it's one thing to train week to week, yeah. normal training, and then train yeah. for a fight. Right, right. And Hughes has been doing it, and St. Pierre hasn't, and uh, the fights have been really close. So, right. I mean, I, I think Hughes might have that edge. Hughes I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of Hughes. I'm not a real huge fan of Hughes, man. I... I, I, I I really like St. Pierre, man. I, I love his fighting. I like his fighting style. I mean, the guy, you know, he you know he gets trained by some of the best. Like, he goes in there with collegiate wrestlers as his training partners. His his kickboxing is incredible. I just, I don't know, man. If, I think if he can keep it on his feet like he did last time, keep a distance from him and just strike with him, I, I, think, I think he might take it. I, I think if Hughes loses, he's going to hang it up. Oh yeah, he, I think. I mean, he's. I mean, he. I mean, he's already admitted that he's only got about two or three fights left in him. So I mean, so that's GSP and Sarah, and then what? But you know what? The one thing is too. I mean, okay. So say, so say that's what he's saying. He's like, I got you know two or three fights left in me. So say he does fight Sarah, you know, and then say he does beat Sarah for a title. Then what's he gonna do? Walk off and then retire with the title? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, it's kind of crappy if you think about. It. I mean, I'd be pissed. I mean, it's almost like. You know, it's almost like what uh, uh, what his name's doing with the world title. I mean, he just you know he just walked oh, the heavyweight title with Couture. I mean, like he's just walking off because what he said that we they can't get Fedor, so he's not gonna you know he doesn't want to fight. He hasn't, there's no more, there's no other opponents for him to fight, so he's just not gonna you know. I mean, that kind of dis- that kind of disgraces a title, and you kind of spit in the face of you know all the other fighters that want to beat the best guy. You know what I mean? I think that's wrong. But and it's like a I scratch your back, you scratch my back situation because Randy's made Dana all that money, but Randy wouldn't have made all that money without Dana. So I mean, kind of. I just I just think that's wrong. I think that's like if I, I think it's the same thing in wrestling. I think if you know, say you win a title in wrestling and then you just walk off and you say I'm not going to wrestle for this company no more, you know, and you just walk off with their title. And then now, you know, it actually demoralizes a title because whoever gets a title next in line never beat that person to be legitimately the champion. So, I mean, I don't know. I just I think it's kind of disrespectful of Couture to do something like that. That's just my opinion. I'm a big title mark, so, like, I, I always like, I like everything to be legit. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah, Alex, you got the office. I'm going to grab some coffee real quick. Okay. Um, so you put on, and you said, uh, how, when was your last show, Pro Wrestling Elite? We actually um, we had a show in Oak Forest um, uh, last month. Was that uh, 11? Uh, so it was November. Um, and then actually it was uh, me and my tag partner, Sin, and we actually defeated the Tomasellis for the uh, the tag team titles. Because we've actually been running a feud now for probably about four or five months and then uh, finally went over on them. So um, it was a this good show, man. Isn't we, Wolfie D, is it? What's that? The, this Sin isn't Wolfie D, is it? No, no, no. It's uh, Vito Tomaselli and uh, and Sal Tomaselli. I'm saying it's actually partner Sin. That's not Wolfie D, is it? No, 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 no. My no. He, his name's just Sin. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Hey, he's a, he, he's oh. just a big bald headed guy, man. Just a big <laughs> solid rock, man. <laughs> he almost looks like Vin Diesel. Oh wow. Yeah, he, he looks just like him, man. But he, he he's actually bigger and. He's got a little bit bigger nose, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh, who, who else is looking good at uh, of the, the homegrown talent Pro Wrestling Elite? Who's looking real good down there? Who should we be checking out? Um, I mean, man, you know what? Just go to our website and, 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 and hit up. We got videos and updates and everything on there. We got a lot of young talent that's really making a splash on the independent circuit. We got Jason Hades, um, real young kid, and he's doing incredible stuff in the ring. Um, we have Dysfunction, you know, as our world champion, and that guy never disappoints anybody. His shows, you know, he's he's completely solid in the ring. Um, you know, we have Brandon Tomaselli goes in there and pretty much he's just destroying guys left and right. I mean, his strong style is awesome. His forearms are awesome. But then you got to look at who also teaches him, too. I mean, you know, Vito and Sal work with him, so, I mean, his his game's on. Um, we just, I mean, we got a stellar lineup. Uh, we actually had, uh, in November, we also had Ian, Ian Rotten on there. Uh, okay. Had, we had Corp on there. Um, we just, I mean, we just, we have a real good lineup, man. We have a real solid roster, and I don't see any weakness in not one part of our thing. We have a real good established tag team division, which a lot of indies don't do out here, man. I mean, they'll have maybe one or two tag teams. We actually have about maybe like four or five tag teams. Um, wow. We have we have Sean Devari's brother. Um, he he. I mean, he's like he's like identical to his brother, and I mean he's. I mean, I, you. I'll expect to see him probably in TNA probably in about a couple years. This kid's oh, just wow. unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. We just we okay. just got a real good lineup. Any any old timer Jeff King stories? Dude, he's awesome, man. That guy Dude, is wacky, awesome. Man. But his gimmick is great, man, and it—I mean, it's—it's it's probably the funniest gimmick I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, here he is. What he weigh, What does he weigh? Maybe 170 pounds. He comes out wearing the Andre the Giant singlet. His voice is funnier than hell, and he cuts these promos that just are, are hilarious. I mean, we got one—we got one where he's on the toilet, you know, cutting an interview. I mean. <laughs> I mean, the, the the ideas that flow through this guy's heads, man, it's hilarious. He's just, he's really a cool guy, man. I'm I, Like I said, I mean, our locker room, it's like one big family, man. Everybody gets along, and we just, it's good camaraderie between all of us, so. That's cool. Um, well, I'm going to give you the opportunity to shoot out any plugs that you want. I'm going to hand you the office acid. Go for it, brother. 
All right, man. You know what? If you want to check us out, go to EliteProWrestling.com. Um, we have a show January 5th in Steger, Illinois. The address is 3332 Chicago Road in Steger, Illinois. Um, show starts at 6, or the doors open at 6.30. Um, bell time is at 7. Um, pretty much, you know, just come check us out. You know, go to the website. We have a bunch of videos up. Uh, we have a bunch of updates. and Just come check us out, man. I think you guys will be really impressed. Cool. Well, if you get modest booked, I'm taking a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work on it. <laughs> and I want to appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Any time. Um, I will be in contact. We will get you on by yourself so that we can really get in depth with you. Cool. No problem. Because um, I really want to talk about what you did um, in the late 90s and, and early 2000s. But no problem. That's for, that's for another time. Um, this is like a throw-together potpourri show tonight. Uh, no, I had a good time. And anytime you want to talk about MMA, just give me a call. <laughs> oh, hey, even better. Oh, speaking of MMA, there is a guest that I do have lined up for the very near future. Uh, you may have heard of him, Eddie Bravo. Oh, wow. Uh, the name kind of sounds familiar. <laughs> the, the, inventor, the inventor of the rubber guard. Of oh, the rubber guard, yes. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You guys See, keep he, doing what you're doing, man. That's, well, that's awesome. I mean, that's super cool. He told me he's all, you know, I have to come on your show. You named your show after my hole. I try. Instant MMA man. credibility. That's awesome. Oh, Acid, thank you for uh, joining the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. And you have a good one, brother. All right, you guys take care. Bye-bye. All right, you too. All right. Well, that was Acid from Elite Pro and a bunch of different Chicagoland uh, uh, independents. Um, we are waiting for Mr. Prophet to call in. Caller from the 304. Whom am I speaking with? This is Chance Prophet. <laughs> Chance Prophet, welcome to Rubber Guard. How are you doing, brother? Doing well. How are you? Not bad, not bad. I'm on the uh, other line with my co-host, co-host and cohort in crime, Alex Saint from San Diego. Uh, Alex? What's up? So how's the weather out there, brother, in Virginia? Uh, West Virginia. It's West very Virginia. cold. By God, West Virginia. West by God, Virginia. Yes, you you heard it right. <laughs> <laughs> Necro butcher country. Yes, sir. It's kind of funny that you're on the show tonight since uh, we, we threw this show together to... Um, Replace Necro. Uh, Necro was supposed to be on this evening, but he had uh, that car accident on Saturday, and he's also preparing for his wedding this week. So it's kind of funny that I scheduled someone from uh, West Virginia. <laughs> from one <laughs> to another, but not really. Um. <laughs> so uh, how'd you break in, Chance? I broke in um, much like, well, anyone from around this area. I had... Uh, a couple of friends whose uncle ran a small promotion around here, pretty Bush League, and they were learning stuff as I, we were all in high school, and they knew that I was a wrestling fan. I was more like a wrestling freak. And uh, they just asked me one day if I wanted to step in on training, and I was like, sure. And I ended up, you know, doing a lot of stuff with this guy really quick, and picked up on it a lot, and they actually put me on a show because one of their guys no-showed, and they didn't want to pay me, but I didn't really care. 
So they put me in a match, and I I got over pretty well. I mean, I learned the hard way what uh, what to do and what not to do really quick. But luckily, a guy that was um, had a hand in training Jamie Noble, uh, he was in the audience. And he saw me, and he saw that, I guess he saw some potential in me, and he asked me if I wanted to get trained the real way, and I was like, sure. How much? He's like, I'll do it for free. And that's about it. From there, I just oh, wow. started traveling a lot. <laughs> so you've worked pretty much all over, or? Yeah, um, I've hit both coasts, but I haven't hit a lot of, like, the Midwest territories. I've been out to, uh, I've been up as far out, far north as uh, Massachusetts and all the way down to Georgia, and then I've had some shots over in uh, in California and like Ventura and Covina for EWF and NWA ah, Pro. Ah, friend of the show, Jesse Hernandez. Yes, Jesse's a guy. Top, top-notch guy. One of the best guys I've ever met on either side of uh, North America. I mean, the guy's just, he'd do anything for everybody, and he runs a top-notch promotion. Who'd you work? Who'd you work with in the EWF? EWF, I had it was a, just a little short thrown together match with uh, Bobby Joe Marshall from Australia. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Really That's pretty good. cool. Yeah, Bobby Joe's. Well, we were housemates because I was going over to the NWA Pro Dojo. It was right after the NWA Pro New Japan USA split, and uh, I was actually living with him, so it was kind of hard to get in the ring with him. And but. Uh, we kind of laid it in on each other a little bit stiffer than what we usually would, but uh, I guess it was for him keeping me up at night and for me not not uh, letting them get as loud as what they wanted to. Cool. That's cool. Okay, for uh, those that are listening live, uh, we're going to <clears throat> give away a DVD. We're going to play a little trivia game. Uh, this DVD is called Brian vs. Vinny, The Battle of the Empire. Um this is from Brian Alvarez at F4WOnline.com. So thanks to Brian for this little little gimmick here. And we're going to play a little trivia game. And the first caller to call in that could answer this question will win. Um, Alex, do not answer. Okay. <laughs> okay. What were the three men that Larry Sweeney defeated to win the Lions, Young Lions Cup in Chikara, the second version? Once again. The three guys that Larry Sweeney defeated to win the Jakara Young Lions Cup number two. Call in. Our call in number is 347 215 7946. Call in. I want to give away this disc. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. So, Chance, uh, what are you doing this weekend? This weekend, I am probably going to be icing my leg because I've, I've got three, uh, three a week therapy, three day a week therapy. Going on. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I don't know if you knew it or not, but I shattered my leg in a match. I was uh, NWA North or not NWA North America NWA National Heavyweight Champion, mm-hmm. and I uh, shattered it in a non non-title match. And I'm just rehabbing right now. How long? Do, how long do you think you'll be out? Um, doctor said two to three months, but it's already been about a month and a half, and I'm I'm getting around pretty well. But he says as, as soon as I'm comfortable running, I'm pretty much ready to get back in the ring. So I'm just waiting for him to clear me, pretty much. That's cool. Uh, that's that's good that you're waiting for clearance. A lot of guys, you know, go out and they work hurt, and you just yeah, it's just 
I mean, I, fra- I shattered my leg, my fibula, in like seven different places, and I've been to a couple shows, and instinct sets in and makes me want to get right in the ring, but then I have to, you know, have a have a little bit of head smarts and think about, you know, if I don't if I don't let myself heal right, I might not be able, be able to walk, let alone wrestle again. So, mm-hmm. kind of sucks, but you got to play it safe. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you see, do you know Brad Stucy at all? The name sounds familiar. I'm, he's I'm from not... he's from Carolinas. He uh, he's done work with he works for CWF Atlantic mm-hmm. with uh, Rick Converse and those guys, and he's also done some work with um, with High Spots. <clears throat> he's a local manager and commentator. Just wanted to know. Sounds familiar. I know I know a lot of the guys from like Kirby Mack and. His brother TJ and, and did you I know, see that TJ no. was on Raw last night. Yeah, Kirby had a match on Heat too, so yeah. he had a tag match. That's I can't cool. remember against who, but uh, it should be up the next day or so. Yeah, uh, they do that on WWE.com, right? Yeah, on WWE.com. Uh, I know Kirby and TJ back from a couple of had some shows down in Nashville post TNA leaving and. Uh, those guys deserve every break that they get. I mean, it doesn't help to have the Hardys trained you, but uh, those guys are those guys are some of the top-notch talents. I mean, they, they should get their break soon, if not, you know, the next couple of months. And Kirby's uh, he's one of the long he's one of the longest-running AWA light heavyweight champions I think in history. He's had it for over a year since Steve Regal. Yeah, but that, that's dating myself. But, <laughs> not Steven, Steve, Mr. Electricity. Yes. But <clears throat> that's cool. <clears throat> so you said that you've worked around all over all over the country. Mm-hmm. What's your most memorable match and why? Oh, well, probably either it was back in 2003 when AJ Styles had the world title and NWA Bluegrass brought him in to defend the world title, and they threw me in there with him. And I was nowhere near. I mean, I'd been, I'd had a couple of shots at the NWA North American and national titles, but I, I don't know. AJ's in a class all of his own, and they put me in there with him, and we had a pretty good match. It went about 25 minutes, and he took me to the limit. He ended up getting the pin, but I think I got more out of it because I learned a lot from just one match with, with that guy, so. That's probably my most memorable match. Hmm. I don't think I've seen that one. I haven't seen much of the bluegrass. Yeah, they um, they've just now gotten into uh, putting out more of their DVDs. They've been trying to distribute with Ring of Honors and and a lot with High Spots, but it's just not been. They haven't been putting out the videos or the DVDs quick enough. But like oh, I said, they're trying to pick that up. That's, hopefully, uh, you guys. They are. They could hook up with uh, with ROH or uh, that other company in Philadelphia that I won't mention. Yeah, that other but, um, company. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any heat from anybody out there. No. But let's see. I am looking up the bluegrass stuff here. Do you remember the title of the show? Um, let me think. Uh, I know it was a fair show. And it, uh, I can't remember. It wasn't even titled, so it probably isn't up for 
DVD release, I can probably... I, I've actually got a lot of their footage myself just from my own video camera. And if they would release it to me, I would probably go ahead and put it out myself. But um, I don't think it had a title. I just think it was NWA Bluegrass at the Inez County Fair. <laughs> oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Um, let see. Alex? Yes. You there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just listening. Okay, cool. I'm going to hand you off the office. I need to go handle some business real quick. Okay, I have to so help my wife bring up the laundry, so Okay. So uh what what year did you uh start start training, uh chance? I started my training back in ninety nine. I finished up in two thousand. That's when I actually started working. Okay, and then uh who who what was the name of your trainer? The name of the trainer was Adorable Danny Ray. Uh he's he's a local guy but he had a hand in helping train Noble before he went down to Guerrero's and Malenko's school down in Florida. Oh, okay. And then uh, what what company did you really get your first big break in? It was uh, Appalachian Professional Wrestling. It was up in Oak Hill, West Virginia. and it, It's like central West Virginia. It's, it's It was a really good company. had a lot of the Smoky Mountain guys coming in and had a lot of, like, they brought in Carino a lot, brought in uh, Chris Hamrick. Julio De Niro had uh, York and Matthews in a couple of times, too. Okay, and then uh, from Appalachian State uh, Wrestling, where did you move on to next? That's when I really started getting... I, I mean, I grew up watching all the NWA, WCW stuff. That was like my bread and butter as far as wrestling knowledge. So there was an NWA affiliate, the uh, NWA Tri-State, and I don't. as far as I know, they don't run anymore. And as far as I know, I really don't ever want to work for the guy anymore. But he got me my break in NWA. So uh, it was NWA Tri-State. And I caught a lot of good breaks. And from there, I moved on to NWA Bluegrass. And I've been working for them for the past five years. Okay, so NWA Bluegrass is out of uh, Tennessee? It's out of Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Who are some, some real good guys at the NWA Bluegrass? What was it? I'm sorry. Who who are some of the the better guys at uh, NWA Bluegrass? Uh, a lot of the regulars are like Chris King. Like I fought him up and down up and down the Eastern Coast. Um, let's see who else. Chris Draven. He was former NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion, and a semi regular guy would probably be uh, David Young. He's been there a couple of times. Oh. Okay. And uh, Sin, uh, he was part of the New Church in TNA. He was a regular for a while there. But he, since he's got his OVW contract, uh, developmental, he's been, like, he hasn't been able to get up there. And a lot of, like, the old school guys were bringing Ricky Morton and Bobby Eaton a lot. And they've had some killer shows, like uh, Tully Blanchard being on the card, Dusty Rhodes. But uh, mainly just a couple of, couple of guys, and they bring in a lot of outside talent. Now, you, you said you've worked in California before, right, for EWF? Yeah. How do the crowds compare to working a California crowd than working a Southern crowd? Well, the Southern crowd in our area, is it's right in the middle of, I mean, they're starting to smarten up. You've got, with the, with the advent of the Internet in these areas, they're starting to smarten up, but people still believe it's real. Mm-hmm. And, but you'll get those few small people that, that have watched 
like the TNAs and the ECWs, and they've caught on through tape training. But as far as, like, the California crowd, I loved it. I mean, they were smart, but they still appreciated it. And mm-hmm. if you work hard enough for them, they're going to, I mean, they're going to give you your desire, desired response. But mm-hmm. I loved it. And I'm probably going to come back out as soon as I'm cleared, just to knock oh, okay. the rust off. Are you trying to get bookings with EWF? Or? Oh, yeah, they they said any time I'm in the area that uh, they'd welcome me on the show. It's just a matter of me getting back out there. But uh, oh, okay. like, I have a strong connection with uh, Dave Marquez of NWA Pro. Okay. So, so that that's always there. Well, there you go. You um, can book them while he's out there, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the booker, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I respect you. <laughs> That's all the Sorry. How did you shatter your leg? Um, a really stupid guy didn't know how to do a flying forearm. And oh wow! Yeah, I mean, I don't have a cool story to go with how how I got seven sha- seven fractures in my leg. Um, a guy reversed me off the ropes, and I thought he was going after a uh, flying forearm, and I think he just didn't know what he was doing, and he ended up coming at me like straight up and down and set off to the side and his left leg and all his weight came down on my left leg right as I planted coming off the ropes. Wow. Yeah. And uh, needless to say, I wasn't very happy, and <laughs> especially because of the whole national title thing that I had going. I was getting a lot of bookings and and I was getting better pay, but I mean, this guy just... I ripped him a new one whenever we got to the back. I mean... <laughs> It was it was not a very pretty sight in the back, but he's I mean Karma's already caught up with him. The guy's out with post concussion syndrome, and it wasn't even like two weeks after he injured me that he got out. So I oh, think no. someone's tr- I think someone's trying to tell him to get out of business. <laughs> Did you have to drop the the NWA belt? Yeah, I mean I, they waited the whole thirty day deal because they were hoping that it was just a small fracture. But then I called him up and I was like. I have to have surgery on Wednesday, so, uh, yeah. Just let me know when you want me to send in the belt. So, <laughs> it, it sucked, and it cost $33 to send in the belt. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> they they have assured me that they will repay me, and I will be back in the title scene. As soon as please I, tell, I please tell me you had a tracking number. I, I did have a tracking number. And, oh, okay. and the guy that... That received it. He's like, he called me up. He's like, I got the belt in my hand. He's like, this is a really pretty belt. I was like, yeah, I know, thanks. Thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> it's horrible. Yes. All right. Well, um, we're gonna let. You, actually, before we get into the plugs, I'm gonna ask you a, a hypothetical question. If I were booking a show out here in California and I were flying you in, right, and I could bring in any indie worker. To work with you, who would it be? Chad Collier. Really? I've already, yeah, I've already worked with him, but I want to do it again. That's that's how much as, I enjoyed it. As Chad Collier or the Metal Master, his mask gimmick. Either one. The man's the man's a machine. He should be. He should have had a contract like five years ago. Mm-hmm. But I have to agree. Chad he's Collier. he's exceptional. I've seen him many, many, many times live, and he's really good. He's uh, not the typical uh, Benoit clone out on the indies. He's more of more of a Malenko type of Definitely. type of base, and 
He's really you can tell solid. the man was definitely trained by or had training with Dean Malenko. I mean, he's just a machine. And like you said, not the Benoit type machine, but he's just a wrestling machine. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Chad Collier. Well, yeah. I'll give you a second option. Mm-hmm. Other than Chad Collier. Brent Albright. Really? Really, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brent is I'm, solid. I'm, He's just technically solid. He's and he's a top-notch guy. And I've had a couple of opportunities to meet and hang out with him, and I, I just want to get in there and tangle with him. I, I'm up for any guy that I can get in the ring, and I know that I'm going to learn something with. It's like whenever I got in there with Chad Collier, I knew that I was going to pick up more and come away with more than just whether a win or a loss and a payday. You know, I just. I just knew that it was going to be something, you know, beneficial for me. And it's like I wrestled Nigel McGinnis twice in both contests. I mean, the second one, we beat the living hell out of each other. But I mean, it was great. I learned a lot from him. And I just, I just know that with Brent, from watching his his stuff, even in WWE, all the way like where he's in Ring of Honor now and his NWA stuff, he, I, I just want to get in the ring with the guy. Yeah, I first met. I first met Brent in 97 mm-hmm. because he moved out here to Northern California and he trained at the All Pro Wrestling Gym with Michael Modest and Donovan Morgan. And they got him on um, their first or second tour to NOAA. And then after that, he came back and he signed his developmental instead of going you know, back to NOAA. So right. they brought him into OVW and, and the stuff he did in OVW was just awesome. Oh, yeah. uh, the the program with Punk, mm-hmm. it just it was done weekly on the TV. Every week they were doing something different, and it never got old. It never got stale. Um, I personally think CM Punk's rather bland, but that's just me. But Albright, on the other hand, is a machine, yeah. and he just carried it, and it was just really good stuff. You need to go out of your way to see his OVW stuff. Definitely. Uh, I recommend it, too. There's a lot of it out on YouTube. Oh yes. If anybody can catch it. All righty. Well, we're coming down to the plug time. Plug time. So, uh, Mr. Prophet, you have the office. You can plug anything you want. Okay. Biggest biggest piece of work right now is my MySpace. That's where you can find everything out about me. I got uh, merchandise. Little links for that. It's uh, MySpace.com/slash/ChanceProphet. P-R-O-P-H-E-T, even though I want it to be P-R-O-F-I-T so I can get more money. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's one of the uh, lame jokes I always get. There's okay. There's a chance that you can make a profit. If, yeah, there's a chance I can profit if you buy my shirts, so do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and chanceprofit.com. I, mean, I need to update the site. Right now it's just got mainly a uh, video and a little bio up, but... Uh, I'm working on that right now in my downtime. So, yeah. Other than that, you can find out a lot about me on NWAWrestling.com. But my MySpace is my biggest. Yeah, that's my biggest uh, selling point right there. Alrighty. Well, we're gonna cut you off. Thanks for coming on the show. I will be in contact within the next month to probably get you on again. Um, I wanted to do a you know a specific Carolina area indie indie mm-hmm. summit type thing. You know, I'd like to have a couple of people all on at once, and and we can discuss the scene out there. Um, but uh, I appreciate your time, and thanks for coming on, Chance. All right. Thanks for having me.
Not a problem. Anytime, brother. All right, that was pretty interesting, wasn't it, Alex? Yeah, uh, two good interviews today. And we ain't done yet. <laughs> because I am going to mute you so you can call one of our Midwest friends. Okay, I'll Who's get right on that. Cool. All right, let me mute you. And I don't think I can hear you now. <laughs> but we are running a contest for those that are that are listening. Um the uh we're giving away the Brian vs. Vinny Battle of the Empire uh DVD F4Wonline.com. Uh the trivia question is who did Larry Sweeney defeat? The three opponents that he defeated to win the Chikara Lions Cup or Young Lions Cup number two. Who did Sweeney beat for the Young Lions Cup number two? That's uh that's the trivia question here. So while we're waiting for Alex to get our next guest on the line. We Hello? Can, uh, yes, sir. Hello? Hey, we're back. Alex, and um, this Black. Hello, yes. Yes, Mr. Black, welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. How you doing? Ah, I'm all right. Call me Tyler, please. <laughs> yes, sir. How's how's the weather out there? I hear there's snow. Uh, in Iowa, there is a small amount of snow. It's not, it's not terrible. We only have like a half inch on the ground right now, but yeah. Cool. That's cool. Well, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Oh, no so, problem, uh, man. Thanks for having me. Let's see. Let's look at the calendar here. Uh, looks like, are you booked for Friday's IWA Mid-South show, Ian's Farewell? Ah, no, no, no. I haven't worked for IWA Mid-South for seven months, since May was the last time I was there. Well, since you're not there this weekend, what are you up to this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I have Friday off, actually. Saturday, I am in Kalkaska, Michigan, uh, which is like a town um, a couple hours north of Kalamazoo, and it's for uh, like a local federation called Mr. Chainsaw Pro Wrestling. So if you have any listeners in Kalkaska, <laughs> uh, tell them to stop in. How far from Detroit is that? Um, I'm gonna say about four hours, probably. Ooh, that's a that's a long way. I don't think my, it's my a little Detroit bit of a haul. That's cool. So, who are you working? Uh, Josh Abercrombie, actually. There you go. Well, there you go. It, who do you guess? I, huh? Can't get any better than that. So let's uh, let's talk about your time out here in California for WSX. Oh yeah. Um. Well, the DVD just came out, which I got my hands on. They gave, they were nice enough, kind enough to give us a couple of copies of that. And uh, you know what? Reflecting back on it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't as bad as the ratings led led everyone to believe, right? Mm-hmm. I definitely it was said, different. I don't think it was. It was an alternative as well. Oh, oh, WSX. I mean, it was it was a good alternative to what uh, CNA and WWE were doing. It, it was definitely a good show. It was something, uh, you know, uh, it, it was a new concept, and hopefully if, if any other companies get TV any time in the future, they can they can look to do something a little bit more, a little different, you know. Um, it, it was just a building block. It's going to take a while to, to have something, have a company or have a, a promotion be able to compete with McMahon, so. That's cool. So, do you still work for the AAW? 
Yes, I, I work for AW on a regular basis. Okay. Um, I heard about a, a match that you had with the Machine Guns. Any comments? I have only worked the Machine Guns one time, and that was for PWG at All-Star Weekend 4, maybe? Yes. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. That was that was the only time I ever worked in And interestingly enough, that was actually like the night of the last WSX tapings. Uh, that's the only reason I got lucky enough to fill a spot, and uh, it was me and Jimmy, Jimmy Jacobs, against those guys, and that was that was a ton of fun. Yeah, they're 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 it as far as the indie tag tag scene is. They no honestly, I don't think anybody could keep up with them. No. But no. We'll see. We tried our best. We tried our best. I thought we put on a pretty good show and did our thing. So, you know, uh, they they wrestle for AAW as well. So hopefully I'll be able to get to get in the ring with those guys uh, one more time or uh, multiple times. Who knows? They're the tag champs up there, yeah? Yeah, correct, correct. They won them from uh, on CK3 and Trick Davis a few months back. Well, Alex, I'm I'm pretty sure you have some gorilla questions. Or uh, Tyler was um, was uh, a requested guest by yourself, so you have the office, brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually gave Tyler Black a ride to the hotel after the well, the bowl was, so I knew he'd be some interviews. So I was like, we got to get him. But uh, oh, what? I, I okay. I was I was <laughs> wondering who I was who I was being contacted by. All right, now I know what's going on. <laughs> So uh, can you tell me about how you broke into the business? Uh, sure, yeah. It was um, late 2004. I graduated from high school in May of 2004 and set out on my journey in, in uh, September. I, I was going to move up to uh, Pennsylvania to do Ring of Honor's second class at their academy. Uh, it was still being trained by CM Punk at that time. And I, I moved out there from Iowa with a friend and Lo and behold, found out we did not have quite the amount of money we needed to, to you know, pursue that avenue. And so we ended up having to move back to Iowa, uh, where I promptly enrolled in Danny Daniels' uh, first class. Um, and from the, October until the uh, about January, I would drive uh, with Merrick Brave uh, and a couple random guys um, to Chicago uh, twice a week, sometimes, I mean, twice a week to train and then a few, you know, sometimes there were shows on weekends we would travel to. So that was about six hours in a car every, every two days. So it ended up being quite a bit of driving, uh, but it was well worth it. Danny was a great trainer. Uh, I learned a lot from just being with him at shows and, and kind of paying my dues under him. Um, and from there I just, I just branched out, you know, I did the normal training thing and I, I just, I got a, a few breaks early and was able to, to you know, kind of accelerate faster than a lot of other guys. Is this before Danny Daniels opened up AAW or? Uh... Uh, AAW was actually around before Danny Daniels uh, was in charge of it. Uh, AAW was run by a guy named Tony Scarpone uh, for maybe about a year or year and a half before Danny got involved. Uh, eventually, Danny saw. Um, some potential in the company, and he's he's getting he's in his 30s now. Not to say that's old; there's a lot of guys at their prime at that age. But Danny was just looking to do something else um, uh, besides wrestle, and so he wanted to kind of get into the booking thing 
Uh, and so he took it over and he took over the book in January of 2005 and then kind of took over the company, kind of bought up the company uh, a few months later, quietly. Okay, and then uh, where was your first big break at? Was it in IWA Mid-South? Or? Yeah, IWA was definitely uh, the first big break I got. Jim Fannin and Ian Rodden especially gave me a shot. Uh, Danny was still working with them at the time. This was before the whole belt garbage thing debacle. Um, so uh, Danny was still working there, and so he got his kids a couple of uh, a couple of tryout matches um, for Ian, for Ian to look at, and Ian was happy with what he saw and just kept using us. And uh, the exposure I got um, from him and Smart Mark Video and then just the caliber of talent I was able to be in a locker room with and be in the ring with helped propel me and helped help me understand, you know, kind of what was going on a little bit better. Who was, who was the first guy you stepped in the ring in, with and said, oh, this is how, this is how you're supposed to do it? Um, trying to think if there was anyone. You know what? Probably Danny himself. I mean, I, 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 I worked with Dan, uh, you know, practice matches and, and training and stuff like that. And as soon as, I mean, because I, I, I firmly believe that what I learned from him mentally, what he put in my brain about professional wrestling and the way it's supposed to work, uh, it helped me along immensely. I mean, a lot of guys start the business and they're just not trained um, by the right guys. And, and, and it's not, sometimes it's not the trainer, sometimes it's, it's, it's the student, and it just it takes a good, a good um, dynamic between both guys to kind of get things flowing. But Danny is one of the smartest guys I know in wrestling, and so I, w- I would say probably him. Okay, so uh, who who were some of your uh, what were some of your favorite matches from your IWA Mid South time? Because that was really when you when you broke out onto the, the independent scene, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I really liked working with Josh Abercrombie because he was just a couple years ahead of me, experience wise, and so he had just gone through kind of all the things I was going through, and so I was able to learn from what he had you know just done. He was able, we were able to kind of, you know, uh, develop a friendship through that. And then, of course, I had higher profile matches uh, with uh, Loki was really cool. You know, I worked Kevin Steen there for the first time. Uh, I had my first encounters with, like, Chris Hero and Claudio. And um, so, I, you know, just, just, just the IWA regulars, Eddie Kingston, you know, guys like that. It was, uh, it was, it was exciting and new for me, and it was a good place for me to, to kind of, you know, cut my teeth. Okay, so then uh, you're working for IWA Mid South, and then the, the fallout happened, and then uh, so your predominant your predominant home now is AAW. Uh, well, at this point it's Ring of Honor, but for a while there, yeah, it was okay. it was AAW. Um, just you know, uh, I think I think one thing professional wrestling lacks in in um in one sense is loyalty, and I really. I didn't. I didn't take sides. I never said Ian Rotten, you're wrong. I never said Danny Daniels, you're right. I just Danny is my trainer, and so I wasn't going to stop working for him. I never contacted Ian Rotten and said, Ian, I don't want to work for you. Ian, Ian said, Hey, this is it, kid. I want to take some time off, and then and the time off is not ended yet. So that's, <laughs> that's just how that's just how it happens, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, how, how did you get the break with a uh, WSX? Who contacted uh, you about working that? Um, Keith Lipinski, Dr. Keith, 
was the first guy to give me a shot there. Um, Jimmy, they were looking to do an emo tag team, and so uh, Dr. Keaton kind of knew about, like, he's into music, too, and so he knew, uh, for those who aren't familiar, Dr. Keaton like, has a, a radio show out of Chicago, I think. Um, but anyway, um, he kind of was producing the show, did a lot of writing on the show. You'll see him on the DVD or hear him on the DVD sometime. Uh, he was like Kevin Kleinrock's secondhand man, and then uh, he was into music too, and like he had seen me wrestle and seen me do uh, like the slam dancing entrance, which is what I was doing at the time, like the moshing thing. And so he just thought the look I had and the character I was bringing to the table was something that would fit well with Jimmy. Um, and so he sent my YouTube video um, to Kevin Kleinrock, and then Kleinrock got a hold of me via email within a week, and the ball was rolling, and then before I knew it, I was out in L.A. filming stuff for those MTV kids. How, how does uh, working WSX differ than working your standard uh, independent show? Because I, I was there for one of the tapings, and then uh, I remember being like a, on a back lot, and then uh, it, was, it was just a real weird scene. I mean, how, how is it working it? Uh, it was kind of weird. Um, the matches were short to the point, uh, to say the least, and <laughs> we were dealing with producers, television producers, mind you, not professional wrestling producers, not not bookers like Gabe Sapolsky or, or even guys who were around the business like, you know, the McMahons uh, and, you know, the agents for WWE were working with, you know, like, television producers who were used to, like, doing real world and, like, you know, MTV nonsense, so it was just... It was a hassle dealing with them, and they wanted to get all these good shots, and it was it was just a big production. Whereas when you're you know at an independent show or you're doing your own thing, it's kind of your production, and it was it was pretty much their production for the most part. Um, we had a you know uh, control over the matches, but it was, they they were like, let's do this, let's do that, let's, you know, let's make sure you're looking this way, looking that way, doing this and that. So it was just a different experience. Uh, if I ever make it to TV again, you know that. Uh, if I ever get to that point, it'll be some. It'll be a good experience. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely doesn't hurt. So you would say WSX was a good experience overall? Yeah, I I can't complain about it, man. Uh, you know, everybody would have liked to see it do like maybe one more season or had some better promotion from MTV because the network kind of gave up on it right away. Um, but yeah, man, it was two weeks in LA, and I had—I mean, that was my first time being in the city. So we were parked up uh, in this nice hotel on Sunset, and given a bunch of money to you know hang out and and be be superstar pro wrestlers for two weeks. So I can't explain one bit. So on season two, were you going to turn on Jimmy Jacobs because you seemed kind of annoyed by his uh, playing to the girls in the crowd and his music overall because you were a headbanger and he was an emo kid and. Were you going to turn on him, or do you know? I, I couldn't even tell you. Who knows? I mean, plans change from, from day to day during that thing, so I have I have no idea. <laughs> okay, and then uh, the first time I saw you was over here at PWG, and uh, would you like to share some PWG experiences? Or? Uh, I don't really. I've, only, I've been over there three times, I think, now. Uh, first was the tag, the impromptu kind of, 
uh, me and Jimmy versus the Machine Guns after the WSX tapings at All Star Weekend Four, which was really hectic and a lot of fun. I don't I don't even remember where the building was at, but it was like a really small locker room, and like everybody was crammed in there, and it was hot and sweaty because <laughs> it was at the end of the summer, and like we got there late, and it was just like go out and wrestle Machine Guns, and then we did it. Uh, the next time was at the Van. No, where was it? The Burbank Armory with um, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. And I had a lot of fun. I mean, that was a Sunday show. It was pretty casual. And me and Joey just went out there and, and had fun. And then uh, Bola was cool just because it's Bola, you know. <laughs> so, that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still a kid, you know. I'm 21, so I still, I still mark out for being in cool tournaments like that. I marked out for being in Ted Petty, and now I marked out for being in Bola, too. So, How did it feel uh, night one of the Battle of Los Angeles when you and Alex Shelley went out there and then had what a lot of people were saying, the match of the night that night. How did that feel? Um, Alex Shelley is a cool cat, and working with him is a lot of fun. It's challenging, and that building is challenging to work in, especially when you're doing lengthy one-on-ones because it takes the wind out of you. It was like 100 degrees that day. <laughs> I remember. No, there's no air conditioning in that building, and it is just, like you, I mean, it's hard to breathe, man. I, I mean, I chew gum when I wrestle so I can keep my mouth moist, you know. But like, it is, it's, it was death of me. But I made it through it alive. And I'm glad people. I haven't seen the match yet. I know the DVDs came out recently, but uh, I'm glad people, you know, are saying good things about it. And then uh, you're coming back to PWG in uh, January. Uh, you and Jimmy Jacobs, they're doing a double shot. Or yeah, two yeah, shows yeah. That weekend. Yep, and that'll be fun. Uh, um, there's been talk of bringing Jimmy back, but he hurt his knee, uh, like right kind of when they were thinking about using him, and then there weren't any spots. And so finally we've been able to get both of us on the same page and get us out there. I think night one is against the Dynasty, and then night two, or no, not one, one of them is against uh, Scott Lawson and Joey Ryan. The other night's against uh, the Young Bucks. So it should be a fun weekend of, you know, tag team wrestling. The match with the young oh. bucks should be really good because those those young kids are really good as well. Yeah, they're yeah, they're fun down. guys. I've met both of them. They've been out there a couple times when I've been out there, so they're 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 cool, the cool kids. And Joey Ryan and Scott Loster, they're really exceptional too. Can't get uh, they had a match with the young bucks last month, and it was it was amazing. And then oh, now, yeah. uh, uh, let's talk about some Ring of Honor, uh, the Age of the Fall. When uh. How did uh, how did all that go down? Uh, it was just like it's time, you know. I went to FIP uh, in May, earned a spot, and kind of just busted my my way in there. I, you know, it was like here's your first time wrestling in front of Gabe Spolsky, tear it up or go home. And so I uh, went out there and and uh, did some good stuff, evidently, and. Um, next thing we knew, we kind of we just got the ball rolling and, and started uh, started this kind of mini movement that we have right now. Hello. Hello, oh, you guys what? still still there? Are you there, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you out of questions? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Maybe you know that's, All right. that's how it is. We started this <laughs> the deal. Supposed to carry me, kids. Obviously, it's your show. <laughs> you got. It. Hey, you're co-hosting, brother. But um, <laughs> you know, Tyler, do you consider yourself lucky to be on the same side of the ring as Necro, as opposed to the <laughs> other side of the ring? 
I've been on the other side of the ring, uh, and it's not cool. So, yeah, I would definitely consider myself a lucky individual to have the Necro Butcher on my side, for sure. Well, uh, now that we have uh, Necro on the mind, I'd like to wish Dylan a very happy and safe wedding day. He's getting married this week. so Holy crap. I knew he was engaged. I didn't know he was getting married so quick. Yeah, yeah, he's down in he's down in Texas. He's he's doing the deed. So, oh, all right, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay, it looks like um, you've been married pretty much to um, Jesh Abercrombie most of your career, and Merrick Brave as well. Both of those. Um, any thoughts on Josh and Merrick? Um, well, Merrick uh, is kind of taking a small hiatus right now, just kind of getting itself on track. Um, business takes a toll on everybody, and I, I think it's just kind of gotten to him a little bit, and he's just kind of going to get his head straight, and kind of hopefully he'll get, get his, move his way back into things. Uh, as for Josh, hey, Josh is still trucking along, man, and I think he's he's really underappreciated and, and, and kind of deserves a bigger role than what he's got. I mean, he's kind of, I, I feel like I, I've, I've missed him a lot lately. And, and since UWA in Toronto kind of closed up a little bit for the end of the year, and then he hasn't been used in IWA and he's trying to get his feet in at AEW, I think he's kind of in limbo. But I, I think Josh is a great talent, and uh, hopefully he can he can keep it rolling and, and spot to, uh, in somewhere bigger. Cool. Um, I'm looking back at the AAW results. It says that you you in July of '07 you went to a no contest with Jason Rain. Any comments about uh, Jason? Um, you know, I don't know Jason all that well, except for the you know we. I mean, we're in the same locker room, you know, once twice a month. But uh, I don't really know him too much. Um, I I never really saw any of his work growing up, so. I know he's a nice guy. Jason's a really nice guy, and I had a lot of fun working with him. Any thoughts of uh, working for um, Acid's company, um, Elite Pro? Um, you know what? He's contacted me a couple times. It hasn't been recently, but uh, both the dates he's offered me have been on um, dates that I've had other bookings. So it's just been. One of those things. I mean, I got no hard feelings towards this company. I know they're affiliated with Ian and IWA, but I'm I, I would be up for it. I just it hasn't been able to work out just yet. Yeah, I I think you would fit. Um, uh, a Tyler and and Tyler and Jimmy with the Iron Saints in a in a main event tag match would be money. But that you know that's just my honest opinion, because um, you guys were definitely a hell of a team, and it ain't over yet. It's just getting started because you guys are doing your thing in Ring of Honor. So. Oh, absolutely. Okay, Alex. Yes. Any questions there, brother? Oh no, I'm still I'm I'm still I'm kind of hungry myself. I'm looking at the sushi place. <laughs> sushi place. That sounds good. Oh man, I'm a mark for sushi. I, I'll tell you what. Yeah, me Life too. I, I just recently really got into it. Okay, well that's between you guys. <laughs> I don't eat fish, dude. Not anymore. I'm married. <laughs> oh, comedy. What's wrong with that? So, uh, what Ring of Honor dates do you have coming up, Tyler? Um, I have whatever they have listed. We've got... Um, so, you're pretty much regular wherever they're running a show, you're there? 
Yeah, the only shows I haven't been on so far have been the West Coast dates, the ones they did out in L.A. and in uh, Las Vegas, or San Francisco and Las Vegas. But did you uh, make it to the, the, What's that? You made it to the, the Chicago show? Uh, yeah, I mean, Chicago, I live right there, so it's three hours. Oh. I, mean, I drive to the Midwest shows. We just did Dayton uh, last Friday, and uh, Saturday was in Chicago. And then next, not next, but at the end of this month, we've got uh, the two Manhattan dates on the 28th, or 29th and 30th of December. And that's, that's awesome because wrestling uh, in Manhattan Center is probably one of the coolest things. How was it backstage at that Chicago show, knowing that uh, things didn't go the way that the company wanted it to go with all the snow? Uh yeah that sucked. Uh we were <laughs> we were uh, uh lucky I rode with uh Lacey Alice in Wonderland and Dave Prazak uh and from Dayton to Chicago and Dave kind of had the foresight to say hey let's leave early just in case. And so we were lucky enough to get there uh and then it was kind of like do you know any workers in the area that would come in and, and you know fill spots cuz we don't know what's going to happen. Everybody was you know, stuck in traffic three hours back. And so it was, you know, it, it, I was just worried for the fans and, and kind of for the company just because I knew that the, the walk-up wouldn't be good. They had a good pre-sale, but the walk-up was going to be kind of poor. And then who knows what kind of card we were going to be able to put on uh, for guys who paid $25 to come see wrestling, you know. so Talk about being loyal. You got Daniel Daniels booked on the card. I believe he won his match, didn't he? Uh, no, Danny did not win his match. But oh, it was, okay. he was in the six-man mayhem uh, with... Trick Davis, Dan Lawrence, Dingo, and uh, Seth Skyfire, and, and uh, somebody else, I think. Have you ever Where seen Dingo, Dingo before? What's that? He's from, he's from Gateway in St. Louis yeah. area. He is good. He's a, he's, a good, he's a good little guy, yeah. He is really good. That was, um, I, I'm assuming that Delirious pulled some strings to get him on the show, but he is really talented. Yeah, he's he's a good little worker, man. I I really like Dingo. I met him for the first time. Um, I think it was at like a Central States show uh, in like Kansas City, maybe, uh, or somewhere. Some, where, where's where's the college? Where's the Kansas college at? Where's that? At? Missouri, Missouri, maybe. Where, I don't I don't even know. <laughs> maybe, whatever. I I wrestled somewhere down there and. I ended up uh, meeting him for the first time, and the first thing I noticed about him was that he, he bears a striking resemblance to uh, the best in the world, Brian Danielson. Like, I mean, he can even do, like, the crazy eye face, like the crazy face that Danielson does, and, like, he, yeah, it, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's scary. That's cool. Yeah, he's, he's an exceptional talent. Hopefully, um, RH can get him booked in a singles match with Delirious, and you'll really see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. That that Gateway Championship stuff was with the early Seidel and Delirious stuff was just awesome with Dingo on there as well, and and Mickey Strick Nine. <clears throat> you, those people need to go out of their way to try and see some of that stuff. I mean, it's not distributed, but you you'll have to really go out and look. There's some of it out there, but so how was your match with Austin? In Chicago. Uh, good. Aries is uh, one of the best. So, uh, I mean, it was kind of just like, hey, you and Aries tonight. But, uh, you know, we went out there and made the best of it. And uh, it turned out pretty well. I, I've, heard, I've heard nothing but good things from it. So, Yeah, he's always been solid. I'm, uh, yeah, as long as, as long as I've known him. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. 
<clears throat> so what's coming up, if you can uh, let us know, as far as the um, Age of the Fall, what's coming up uh, in ROH for you guys, other than killing the Briscoes? You know what? <laughs> We're not happy about we're, it. We're, we're just trying to kind of get out there and and make a name and and show people that there's you know that maybe there's something else that they're that they're missing. I think uh, I think wrestling at a, at at this point in time is kind of just stuck. Like I really feel like it's stuck in a rut. I think it's missing substance, and I think it's I think it's missing um, just kind of uh, I mean, purpose. Uh, not to say that it, it may not have had any in the past, but I just I feel like we can do something more with it, and so we're really trying to um, push that with this with this angle and with Age of the Fall. Cool. Let's see, um, did you get a chance to watch the Man Up pay per view yet? Um, I've seen most of it. Uh, okay, did you see I, the ladder match? Watched... What's that? Did you see the ladder match? I saw the latter war. Yeah. Uh, yeah. War. That uh, I that, watched it yesterday. And it, it was fucking insane. I mean, it yeah. blew anything the Hardys and Edge and Christian blew away. And just the Briscoes are on a whole different level now, and it's just amazing stuff. Um, those that are listening, you need to go out of your way to to order that pay per view, support Ring of Honor, um, or pick up the DVD when it when it's released. Um, yeah, it, it's worth. crazy, man. The pay-per-view, the whole thing itself is really, really good. Uh, it's got nothing but, you know, phenomenal reviews so so far. And just the whole the whole thing, I mean, I think you're paying, like, what, like 15 bucks for it is mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. And well, um, like, Brian, Brian Alvarez of the Figure Four Weekly reviewed the show this past weekend, and he said that it's the best pay-per-view match-for-match for your dollar that he's ever seen, and I'm saying a lot, but it's, yeah, it's really good. I'm gonna have to put that probably in my top five pay-per-view wise. But wow, wow! I didn't. Know. I mean, I didn't realize it was that good. It, it's it hard for me from to, top, top one, to bottom. The one, yeah, from top to bottom, like match after match, I think it's great. Uh, so it's hard for me to like put newer stuff kind of in the echelon with all the stuff I grew up watching, you know, like from my childhood and saying, wow, this is, you know, better than that. Uh, but I, I, I think it was really good. I'm glad RH put out, uh, it's definitely their best, their best of three pay-per-views for sure. Cool. So what, what influenced you growing up? Because I'm asking because you are younger. I mean, I'm going on 35 and you're 21. So our influences are different. So yeah, I mean, influence my you? influences were the '80s, man. Um, particularly, I mean, when I grew up, my favorite wrestler was Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, I mean, when, I mean, I'm assuming the wrestling you watch wasn't quite as it wasn't sports entertainment. You know, you were watching wrestling. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's 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 just a different world. Uh, I, I grew up watching Hogan uh, and Savage and and stuff like that, and those were my guys. And then once uh, kind of. Uh, Attitude Era came around, or even like the mid '90s WWF. Uh, I was into Shawn Michaels, and I've pretty much been a Shawn Michaels fan since since like '93, I'd say. Since I since I knew like what wrestling was, that wrestling could be cool and not just you know Hulk Hogan dropping legs every 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 night. So I've just been a Michaels fan, and then 
I when I when I first when I was a teenager and I first found out that guys like the Amazing Red and like AJ Styles and Low Key and like those guys existed, I was like blown out of the water. I was like, I had no idea that wrestling could be that. You know what I mean? That's when I started to really feel that it could be an art form. Cool, cool. So, Michaels, did you yeah. watch Survivor Series? Uh, was it him and Orton in the match? Yeah, it was him and Orton with no super kicks. Yes, yes, it was really good. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I like the way that they worked in worked in different finishers, and you know, it 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 showed that you know Michaels was diverse. He just wasn't an elbow drop and and uh, super kick. I mean, people say that he's kind of linear these days, but, I mean, the guys, I mean, if you look back at his stuff in the late 90s, like, after his first, after he won the title for the first time at WrestleMania 12, from then until he kind of had his early retirement after WrestleMania 14, like, those two years, and even the stuff leading up to WrestleMania 12 was like, I mean, that was some really, really good stuff for the most part, I thought, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, he's, he's, he is what he is now, but he's still a great worker. Yeah, there's there's no one better. I'll tell you. He's I it's amazing how he can do what he does with that back. Yeah, I, I was no man. I was there when he hurt his back against the Undertaker at the Rumble and I saw the oh, bump yeah. up on that casket. You know, I mean they, they showed it up close on the, the new Shawn Michaels D V D and I was there right on the right on the entranceway, and I saw the bump. And just the look on his face, it was like, fuck, it's over. Just the look on his face, he was like, oh, no, I'm done. And <laughs> it's amazing that he came back and did this. Yeah, he's had a pretty good run of it for the last, uh, when, he came, when did he come back? SummerSlam? 03, I think? Yeah, so, I mean, he's been at it for another four years, and he's been tearing it up. Good for him, you know. Okay, I have a caller on the line. Let me patch him in. Sure. Caller from the 815. Whom am I speaking with? Uh, it's Jim Fannin waiting for the... How you doing, Jim? 11 o'clock uh, call in. Welcome to the show, Jim. I'm on the other line. I have uh, Alex Saint from San Diego, my co-host, and Tyler Black. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. So, Not a problem. to be on with you guys. Cool. <clears throat> cool. So I'm going to put you back on hold, Jim, so I can uh, let Tyler get in his plugs, and then we'll get you right back on. All righty. That works fine. Cool. All righty. Tyler, yes. thanks for coming on, brother. I really appreciate thanks it. You for helped us out me. a bunch. And I'm going to give you the office to get out any plugs that you want. All right, cool, thanks. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Um, if you guys listening are interested uh, in me or uh, what I'm up to, you can visit my MySpace at myspace.com backslash T underscore black. Um, I list all my dates on there, and you can get in touch with me that way. Uh, message me, comment, add me as a friend, hate me, whatever you want to do. Uh, or you can visit um, ROH Wrestling dot com visit the message board and kind of get your hand in what's going on there um or visit age of the fall dot com click on the picture and it'll take you to my personal blog uh where we're kind of trying to trying to change the world a little bit so 
Um, that's that's really all I got. Just those three things. Uh, if anybody's interested in saying what's up, I'm, cool. I'm around. Well, thank you for joining the show. Yeah. I will be in contact with you. Hopefully, we can uh, we can get you booked again when when uh, we can squeeze you in. All I right, really man. appreciate your time tonight, Tyler. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Alex, say goodbye. Okay. Um, I'm going <laughs> to let you off the line now. <laughs> All righty, Tyler. Thank you. Take it easy. Cool. All righty, Jim, how you doing? Oh, doing real good. How are you guys? Uh, not bad. Not bad. It's a little overcast up here in Northern California, but you know, it's not that bad. Well, I'm sure it's not as bad as the snow I just had to get. I just finished shoveling out of my driveway. So <laughs> that's all I've been hearing today: snow this, snow that, snow this. I called uh, Vito Tomaselli earlier before the show, and he said that you know there's snow all over. They they had all kinds of snow, and I had acid on in our first segment. He said that they had five inches today. I was like, oh, uh, wow. they're calling calling for four to six inches. I'm I'm. About an hour and a half south of those guys, so I'm I'm not hit, getting hit as bad as they are. So I get lucky. That's cool. That's cool. Um, when I scheduled you for the show, you put out a love call on the IWA Mid South message boards for some questions. So I, I I figured that would be easier for you guys to try to get a taste of what some people might want me to answer. Or, a feel for what we can have. You know what? The IWA fans know their shit. I got to put them over. They know their shit. Because these well, are they, pretty damn good questions. Well, they, they've followed, you know, we've got a lot of fans that have followed us for the 11 plus years that we've been running. There's a lot of them from the Louisville area that will you know, travel five and a half hours up to Chicago to watch our shows. They. Some of them have even been around longer than I have. I just, I, I missed about the first two, three months of IWA's history before I came along. So, you know, some some of the fans have some seniority on me. Well, there we go. How did you break into IWA? Well, it was a thing where me and a, a bunch of my buddies were going to the University of Kentucky, which is in Lexington, Kentucky, about 90 minutes to the east of Louisville, where Ian was running shows. There was three or four of us that were real big wrestling fans, and we used to get onto the AOL Grandstand, I believe is what it was called. GSD. And they had, they had uh, you know, wrestling message boards and stuff like that on there, and they had independent boards, and we were, we were good fans of the ECW product around that time. Because this was, you know, January-ish of 1997, uh, so we were <clears throat> we were big ECW fans. ECW hadn't even gotten onto pay-per-view at that point, and we were just reading the message boards and saw that Ian Rotten was running shows 90 minutes from us, so we had to go check that out. We ended up talking to Ian after the show. He's very, very open with the fans. We'll take, you know take any kind of questions from the fans, talk to, he knows most of our fans by first name basis, you know, come to the shows and stuff, so he just got to the point where we started talking, and eventually the door opened for me to get involved, so 
I jumped at the opportunity. That's cool. I do remember back in the day on the AOL, man. Geez, those were the times. So um, this is from Shootmaster Mark on the board. Who inspired you to get into wrestling? Well, I don't know if I would say that there was like any particular wrestler or anything that inspired me. I think the the main inspiration that I had was the fact that when I was three years old, my father got injured on the job. He was working with, he was a Illinois State Police, and he had an accident that left him paralyzed from the waist down and put in a wheelchair. So when I was growing up, the father-son moments that I had was pretty much just watching TV with my dad, and he was a huge wrestling fan. So every Saturday, we'd get up real early, watch you know the TBS, watch wrestling uh, on Saturday morning, then we'd watch it on Saturday night, and World Class was syndicated in the Chicago market. So we would have six, seven hours of wrestling that we would watch on Saturdays, all totaled. So when Ian offered me the opportunity to get involved, my father had been passed away for a few years at that point. So to me, it was a way to keep a part of my dad alive in me, getting involved in what we had as our father-son moment when I was growing up. So I think that would be my main inspiration for what got me to go ahead and take up the offer that Ian gave me and get involved. Hmm. That's cool. I I have a similar story where when I was younger, we I grew up here in San Francisco, and my dad would take me to the shows as a as a young kid, and we cut the tail end of the San Francisco territory, and then uh, Vern brought the AWA in, and then Vince came in, and my father passed away a few years ago, and I have a seven year old son now, and I'm in the process of gathering as much 1987, 88 NWA footage as I can, so that when my son's old enough, I can sit and watch it with him, and I can tell him the stories about going to shows with my dad and watching the TBS product with my dad. And that's one of the, one of the ways where he'll get to know his his grandfather, who wasn't was not around. So, wrestling, you know, is a big part of of people's families as well. Not just you know guys going out working or or you know guys on TV or whatnot. It, it's it's a fabric that I don't think gets enough respect you know, in the United States as much as, it, as much as it does in other countries. But, uh, that's, that's, that's absolutely true. In Mexico, Japan, it's all much more well-respected than it is around here. That's for sure. Mexico, definitely. Mexico's insane. You know, it's just, it's crazy down there. All right, this one is from J.H. What's your favorite Chris Candido story? Oh my goodness, you're going to I don't know if I can nail it down to just one Chris Candido story. I think uh me neither, but <laughs> there there's there's just so many great memories of Chris and when he came in, we brought him we had brought him in a couple of times around 2001, early 2002 and you know that was at a very down period in his life where he was always messed up and there was one time where it was one of his first appearances for us, and it was in the Charlestown building that we did in you know Charlestown, Indiana. And I don't know how familiar how familiar you are with me and Mitch Page, but oh yes, there, there was this. He's he always has to mess with everybody, 
And on this show, I can't, you know, I can't remember. It would have had to have been, you know, late 2001. Uh, Candido was in. Tammy was not with him. So it was, so poor Chris was just on his, you know, by himself. And he's sitting in the dressing room, minding his own business. And Mitch Page comes up to him and says, I've got a couple of moves I've been working on. You know, you're this great veteran. I wanted to run them past you. I wouldn't even mind if you used them in your match tonight. I think it could get you back on top. So Chris is like, oh, okay, well, what have you got for me? And Mitch goes, well, this first one, I've never seen it done before. I think it's going to set the wrestling world on fire. I call it the really tight head squeeze. You just take your arm and you wrap it around the guy's head and you just start squeezing really hard. And, you know, Candido's doesn't know if, you know, Mitch is retarded or, you know, if he's being serious or, you know, what his problem is. And he's just looking at him and shaking his head. And he goes, I think that's called a headlock, kid. He goes, oh, well, I wouldn't know anything about that. He goes, but my second one, I call it a really good stiff forearm punch where you, like, swing your arm at the guy when he's running off the ropes and you hit him, you hit him with the inside of your forearm. You don't hit him with the fist. You just hit him with your arm. And I call it the I call it the really hard, you know, forearm punch. And Candido had to get up and walk out of the dressing room and go sit out by Patty at the ticket table just to get away from Mitch because he didn't know how to react to Mitch acting like that in the dressing room. And I mean, there's stories like that. There's there's stories uh, when Chris came back his first night back in was the 2004 Ted Petty Invitational. And he was on second when we had him come through the door and attack Ian and join the fan and family, and we did the beatdown on Ian. That was the second match of the night. By the end of the night, he's bouncing off the walls in the back. He's begging to like let a mask be put on him just so he can go out there and do anything. And Ian goes, Chris, you've been on my shows before. You know that they were long. And he goes, but I've never been here sober, so I can't take this. You know, and it was just always stuff like that where, you know, Chris was, he was a great guy to have in the, in the dressing room, and there was never a dull moment around him because if people weren't messing with him trying to get him to laugh, then he was doing it to everybody else to try to get them to laugh. And I think that's, those are the best kind of Chris Candido stories to remember is Chris the person, not just Chris the wrestler. Yeah, the few times that I met him, he was really good guy. I met him out here or in Southern California. He was uh, doing independent shots at uh, the uh, military bases where he was either working with Benoit or Scorpio or Sabu, where those or Al Snow. And those five, you know, they would go to different different shots and they would you know work with each other in and out. And this was. 93, it was before he went to ECW, and this stuff was just classic, just awesome stuff, and you knew that, that this guy was something special, he was, he's just an exceptional talent, Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not putting him over because he's passed, Chris has always been one of my favorites, and when he, I, I would call it his rebirth period when he, when he showed up in um, IWA, um, the last, his last run there. Uh, just classic stuff. Uh, the fan and family feud with Ian was just really good stuff, you know. And 
what what part of that did you have uh, with putting putting that together? What was your part in it? Uh, putting together that feud. Uh-huh. Um, Working with Ian. Well, you know, me and Ian have always had a good chemistry. It's, I mean, other than Ian Bull, it was probably, you know, off and on the longest running feud in IWA. It was just, you know, we we knew that we could count on each other to be at the shows, that we weren't going to go anywhere. And that's the hardest part about having a continuous storyline and trying to do an angle when you're in independent wrestling, especially when you're not a ring of honor or, you know, you're not that top tier that people are trying to get to. You know, you, you start doing something with somebody and then they leave. So ever since I first, when I first started doing anything on the shows in April of 98, the first thing that we started doing was me and Ian button heads over control of the company and, we would never talk about anything. I mean, we would just go out there. We would have a, both of us would have a general idea of where we wanted things to go, and we would just feed off of each other. I mean, me and we would, there would be very little discussing it beforehand. It'd just be, you know, hey, let's go out there and continue the story along. And, you know, Chris played a great role and stuff like that because, he was so good at ad-libbing once he went out there. And anybody that has not seen the eight-man tag comedy match from the 2004 uh, Strong Style Tournament, if you want to stuff. see the genius of Chris Candido, that match mm-hmm. was his masterpiece, I think, because you had all those matches of the guys going out there and killing each other, and you had Candido telling Punk and telling Ace Steel, telling Nigel McGuinness, you know, telling all the, these such great, talented workers, you know, Matt Seidel, everything going, there is nothing that we can go out there and do tonight in the form of wrestling that these people have not already seen 14 times from all the other matches. Our arch, you know, he was like, the only things that we can have to do is go out there and one of us kill each other or... We can go out there and make people laugh their asses off and have a great time. And that match was just phenomenal, I think. But, you know, to get back to, you know, to, to finish off the, the question that you had asked there was, you know, me and Ian, we, we didn't really, there wasn't a sit down and brainstorm together kind of thing on it. We just, we would just basically just go out there and, based on what the crowd was doing, you know, go from there kind of deal. It really wasn't a pitching ideas back and forth off of each other. So I think that's what sort of made the angle that much more fun is because we never knew what was really going to end up coming out of it by the end of the night. It would all pretty much be called out in front of the people. That's cool. And you you can tell when watching the product that it, you know, was you get that, that feeling you know that you're you're getting hooked, and it, it's not you know the the paint by numbers crap you see on Monday. You know it, it's there was genuine feeling, you know where you you would sympathize with Ian, and then you know obviously you know it was our job your job for us to hate you, but it was done properly where it was believable, and the fans in in the building 
fed off that, and you fed off the fans. The boys fed off it in the ring. I mean, the referee was feeding off it. The guy back doing commentary. Yeah, everybody was working, and it was clicking. It was clicking. And that's something that no matter what they try up in New York, they will never get that. They will well, never the, get that. The problem with New York is they don't they don't care about that aspect. It's mm-hmm. I mean if you they put their wanted ads out onto the internet and you know they're looking for somebody that's been a season writing for Guiding Light and that's who they want to come in and you know form their product. It's they're trying to market themselves to an entirely different section of the wrestling audience than what we try to, you know, we we know our niche in the business. We we don't try to overshoot that. We don't, you know, try to, to get in over our heads anymore. We we know what we can do. We know our limitations, and we try to stick into that. And we know that we have to provide a different kind of product than what the people can sit at home and watch for free on Monday night, on Tuesday night, on Thursday night, on whatever other nights that they... Friday nights, whatever, you know, whenever else they throw free wrestling on TV, you have to provide something different that the fans are going to want to spend their money to go out and watch as opposed to just sit at home and watch it for free. I have to agree. I definitely have to agree with you. Let's see. Besides any incidents involving Jimmy Jacobs getting his ass kicked, what are your favorite moments in IWA history? Well... I'll have to go far down the list then if I gotta leave those out. Um, I think for me, the the best moment would have to be the Chris Hero versus CM Punk match that went 93 minutes. I thought that was brilliant. That was such a great testament to the wrestling ability the athleticism, the endurance, the stamina of those two guys, that they were able to keep the attention span of the people that were there live. And I don't know about the people that have watched it on DVD, and I've seen varying reviews, but I can tell you that the people that were in that building that night, they were on their feet from the 80-minute mark to the 93-minute mark they, everybody in that building was on their feet, and every single person was dying to see Chris Hero get his first victory over CM Punk. And that they were able to put on such a great display for those first 80 minutes to get the crowd to still be that involved in the match that they're standing for the last you know, 13, 15 minutes of it. To me, that was just the most amazing moment that I've ever been a part of, and I was—I felt honored that I had—I was on commentary for that, getting to getting such a great ringside seat to watching those two put on the best match that I've ever seen in my life. Were you blown up after calling it? I—I'm blown up just thinking about it right now. Let alone yeah, no <laughs> that that night when. We were calling that thing, and it was it was impossible to not get caught up in the emotion of the live crowd as we were calling it. it I think we were almost, you know, leading the cheerleading for for Hero in that match, and their entire feud was just spectacular. But 
I think that night was was a perfect culmination to to put the the feud to rest at that point in time, but still keep people, you know, itching to to see it even more. And maybe in the '80s it wouldn't have been quite so spectacular when you had you know Ric Flair doing 60 minutes every night and going on the road and defending the the world title and you know, 60 minutes here, 90 minutes with Barry Windham there. It was so much more commonplace. But in 2003, when people were so used to, if a match went more than five minutes on Raw, it had to go to a commercial and it lost all the people. I mean, to be able to to be so good at what you do that you're able to hold the people for an additional 90 minutes from what they're used to, to seeing a wrestling match go, that just speaks volumes for how great CM Punk and Chris Hero were. I would I would definitely compare them to the 1989 series Flair and Steamboat. Um, Flair and Steamboat didn't have as many matches as, as the other program, but it was the same premise. Um, when they were putting the feud putting the feud together, the program together with, with Punk and Hero, were they looking at that as a blueprint? Um, I don't think so. I, that... Okay, but it is. It really is. They both programs mirrored each other definitely. Yeah, I mean, when when we started with that, it was it was more a fallout of the superheroes because I mean, Hero and Punk were tag team partners. They were with I mean, it was me, Prazak, uh, B.J. Whitmer. And then it was punk and hero and rugby thug. I mean, we were we were like this super. Well, we started off as the superheroes with DJ Hero, rugby thug, and me. And then we merged with the Gold Bond Mafia, and you know, we we had that run that led to it was like a 55-minute elimination match in August of 2001, where it was. Scorpio, two right? Cold Scorp- yeah, Two Cold yeah. Scorpio and Ian, Suicide Kid and Colt Cabana against, I think it was Dominion, a- Danny Dominion, Ace Steel, CM Punk, and Chris Hero. And it was like a 55-minute match. And I, I'm not kidding when I say it was probably 105 degrees at least in that building that night. It, I can't believe that the guys were able to go as long as they did. But, you know had that match, and then we had to find a way to, you know, break the conglomeration apart. So it was Chris Hero versus CM Punk to get a title shot against Rugby Thug. And, you know, when when it started, it was just a way to break up the, the superheroes and, you know, move to something else. But when Hero and Punk got in there, and it they just clicked. I mean, they were two of the best up-and-coming guys at that point, and they pushed each other, trying to prove who was the better between the two of them. And it was a friendly rivalry that just led to phenomenal matches, and each time they just started going longer and longer and longer, and before you knew it, every time they went out there, you knew that they were going to go 60 minutes. Yeah, they were all... They they brought it to other countries and companies, and... They 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 uh, 
they had a sh- couple shots for IWC out in Pittsburgh. Norm Connors' group, they did the WXW. Uh, that was a great match when they went an hour out there in Germany. That was good stuff, too. But, <clears throat> okay, let's move on to something else here. Oh, you brought up the rugby thug. What happened to him? Nobody knows. He just, he just disappeared? He just disappeared. I know he, you know, Chris Hero brought him in. He was somebody that... Jim? Let's see. Jim, do I have you? Okay, I lost Jim, so we're going to play a quick commercial here. And now, a word from our sponsor. Be sure to check out IVP Videos, www.ivpvideos.com. $2.99 single disc, $5.99 double disc. For your Purasau, Lucha Libre, some MMA, a lot of classic stuff, obscure Japanese indies, a lot of indie sleaze. Once again... IVP videos, www.ivpvideos.com. All righty. We are getting Jim back on the line here. Jim, I lost you. Oh, uh, I guess the the snowy weather up here killed out my cell phone. I have to apologize for that. Oh, not I'm a problem. Not sh- I just played a I'm not sure. for my sponsor, so <laughs> cool. okay, I had to I, pay the bills, too. So. Yeah, there's <clears> no <throat> problem with it. I'm, I'm not sure exactly where I had gotten cut off at, but... Anyway, uh, we couldn't rugby... find we couldn't find the rugby thug. He just disappeared. Okay, well, like Chris Hero had brought him in. He wrestled Independence in Ohio with him, and re- suggested him to Ian. Ian gave the kid a chance, and you know, at the at the end of the run with Hero, uh, Hero had beat him for the title, and then they continued the feud, and Hero beat him in a loser leave for. I think it was like 60 days or something like that. And uh, rugby rugby wanted to focus on his college schoolwork, and no one ever heard from him ever again after that. Uh, matter of fact, I think the last time I had talked to to Chris Hero about Rugby Thug, I mean, it hasn't been recent or anything, but Chris was like, I, hadn't, I haven't heard from him. So evidently, hopefully he's doing well wherever he's at. I mean, everybody really liked him. He was a good guy, uh, great to be around, real polite kid, had a lot of talent. So I'm hoping that his college stuff worked out for him and he ended up, you know, finding himself some, a good uh, a good, safe job that can keep him healthy and pay his bills for him. Cool. What are your thoughts on Chuck Taylor? On Chuck Taylor? Um, Chuck Taylor's real real up-and-coming superstar, I think if he keeps at it, probably, you know, this time next year, I would suspect that Ring of Honor will be beating down his door, wanting to have him on their shows. Uh, He's got great wrestling ability. He's great at putting the comedy in, but doing it in a way to which there's still a very good wrestling match that's going on, too. You just get to laugh at point in times during it. I mean, it's it's sort of like 
he's combined Colt Cabana and Chris Candido in a way of being able to do a good comedy match with great wrestling in it. Um, and I, I suspect, I expect great things to come out of Chuck Taylor. He's a real hard worker. He's a kid with a lot of respect for the business and always, you know, was willing to pay his dues from day one when he came in and started working for us. And, you know, I had, I had fun getting to do my little feud with him. He was, he, he was very dependable. You knew he was going to be at the show. And like I say, he's probably about a year away from putting it all together into a package that other, other bigger federations will, will begin to appreciate. And I think the fans will, dictate that other federations will want to start using him on a regular basis other than just uh, out of your way in Shikara. Um, we're running up on four minutes, so I've got one more question for you, and then we'll run down plugs. Okay. Um, they are good friends of the show, the Tomasellis. What are your opinions on Vito, Sal, and Brandon? Let's start with Sally. Um... Well, I believe that Sal Tomaselli is everyone's favorite Tomaselli. He's he's always treated me with the utmost respect. I I like being around him. He's a good kid, and you know I think he's the most talented of the Tomasellis. I really think that he could do great things as a singles wrestler. I think he's real good as a tag wrestler. He's probably better at mixing all the styles together, and what can you say? Vote for, vote for Sal in 2008. There you go. He's got my vote. You hear that, Sally, out there? I know you're listening live, brother. I know all three Tomasellis are sitting on Vito's couch listening live to this show. So, Sally, I'm voting for you. Okay, how about Brandon? Brandon, he's you know real good amateur background, a couple of state championships in high school, and grade school at the amateur wrestling he can he can really go on the mat he's he's the strong the biggest and the strongest of the Tomasellis so I think you know he's gotten more recognition in the singles he's you know, getting a cruiser of you know, a light heavyweight title run and if he if he can control his cardio and keep in good shape but keep the muscular build that he's got going for him uh you know, there's no reason why he can't move up and to bigger and better things in the future if if he's so inclined to do so. Did I lose you again? Jim, are we still on? Yeah, we, did my signal go out again? No, it was me. Oh, <laughs> For some okay. reason, I, I don't get that one. Um, well, we'll get on veto next time. Uh, okay. Out, we're in our last minute, so if you can throw out a plug real quick. Well, if uh, if you guys are if you guys got some listeners here in the Midwest, we got Ian Rotten's retiring on Friday night, December the seventh, 
as a wrestler. We got that in Plainfield, Indiana. It's probably seven miles from the Indianapolis airport, so it's a suburb of uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. We got that coming up. You can check our schedule www.iwamidsouthwrestling.com. We're on MySpace at myspace.com slash iwamidsouth. You can check me out on MySpace at myspace.com with the slash iwafanon73. You know, and hopefully you guys check us out and enjoy the product and get to see where, you know, a lot of the big names in Ring of Honor and such got their first exposure on the independent wrestling scene. All right, Jim, thanks for coming on. Um, the next time I have you on, I would like to have you and Ian on at the same time. So maybe okay, we can, we can maybe set that, that up for you. So thanks for coming on. I well, really thank appreciate you for it. having me. And good luck this weekend. All right, thanks a lot. All right, brother. Okay, bye-bye. All right, well, that's it for Rubber Guard Radio for December 4th. We had a whole bunch of guests, a lot of good stuff here. Um, I think we're going we're gonna to end it now. Uh, we'll get in some plugs. F4WOnline.com. Uh, no one won the free DVD. So <clears throat> Also, uh, MySpace.com backslash Rubber Guard Radio. Uh, we'll add you as a friend, you know, if you're a worker, um, promoter, manager, referee, whatnot, we'll get you we'll get you booked on the show. Um, also, I will plug my tag team partner's site, uh, myspace.com backslash cmsaint. Um, check out Alex's Alex's uh, MySpace, and you can get links to the new era, uh, yeah, new new wave pro wrestling and uh, SoCal pro wrestling. You can get links to those shows, uh, those companies down there in San Diego area. Definitely worth checking out. Um, Also, smartmarkvideo.com. Go support your local indie. And last but not least, my sponsor, www.ivpvideos.com. And that'll do it. Keep your eyes out on the MySpace for our next show. Good night, guys.